What's going on, everybody? My name is Joe Rico, and I am the host of the Fantasy MLB Today podcast. The reason you guys are hearing this intro, which is slightly different than usual, is because this episode is going to be slightly different than usual. It is one part of the live show that I did today on Tuesday, August 2nd, as part of the Major League Baseball trade deadline coverage that we have going here at Sports Ethos. Broken down into four one-hour episodes because the different panels were on for one hour each. You guys can listen to them here at your leisure or over on the Sports Ethos YouTube channel. Really appreciate you guys leaving a thumbs up over on YouTube. Subscribe into the Sports Ethos YouTube channel. And, of course, follow, download, subscribe, rate, all that good stuff here at Fantasy MLB Today. I'm over on Twitter at JoeOrico99. All of my fantasy baseball content goes out over there. I really recommend you guys follow everybody that you see listed down in the description for all of these episodes. Really some of the best minds amongst the baseball and fantasy baseball community. So without further ado, let's get started. What is going on, everybody? It's finally here. It is the deadline. I can't believe we're finally here. I've waited so long for this, and it has lived up to it so far with a ton of trades, a ton of movement. We have so many people lined up today to really help you guys out in understanding all the stuff from a fantasy point of view, from a real-life baseball point of view. So this is your Sports Ethos trade deadline coverage for 2022, the first of hopefully many. I'm not going to leave these guys waiting around for too much longer. I'm going to bring them right in. So, David Mendelson, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's good to finally meet you. I've been a fan of Triple Play. It's good to finally get you on. I've talked with Marty, i uh, talked with Britton, but it's good to talk to uh, one of the men in charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I appreciate that. Uh, it's nice to finally talk with you as well. And what a great first time to be able to talk on a day like today where so much is going down. It's been crazy, man. Like, uh, it's hard to keep track. It's been like little pockets, I find. You know, it was last night with the Mancini trade and a couple of other things. And then this morning with Soto, a lot of stuff. We got another person here who's going to help us get through it. Mike Kerland. How you doing, man? Just, you know, going full Florida man for this one. Uh, I just got back from the beach. So I kept the hat and glasses on and decided to pop in. I wish uh, I knew that. Perfect. Man, I feel so underdressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a whole vibe, dude. It's just, it's just a vibe. It is. It's the trade deadline vibe, man. Got to bring the heat. First first people on today, man. We got to bring do it right. Absolutely. There's a couple more people who are going to be joining us in this hour. I think you guys already know if you saw over on Twitter. But the Welsh and Joey P leading off duo. Well, Joe has recently departed, but the former leading off duo there. Mike sat in, in the chair yesterday. Mike, you did a great job on leading off, man. Thought I'd let you know that. I want to let you guys also know that this will be kind of a free format. Like, there will be questions. I'll be throwing questions your way, but... Feel free to interrupt each other. Feel free to get in there and debate if you guys disagree on something. By all means, uh, I want to know what you guys think. First and foremost of the Juan Soto trade. Mandy, let's start with you, man. So the initial shock of it, I thought that they could have done a little bit better. And that was also before I saw they got Mackenzie Gore, because I believe the first initial report did not have Gore in there. And then after I kind of let it digest a little bit, looking at the haul they did get, you realize that realistically that was probably the best type of package they're going to get. You know, Mackenzie Gore was the, at one point, the top pitching prospect in baseball. You have Robert Hassel, the third, 
who is quickly becoming one of the top outfield prospects in baseball. James Wood has really risen up the ranks and it's really become a big name this year in the prospect world. And then to be able to get a couple other guys with that as well. Uh, I, I think I originally gave it a B minus. I think I'm going to give it an A minus now. I, I think I wish there was like a Jordan Walker type of player in this deal who I think would have been the best overall player if they could have traded with the Cardinals and gotten him. But I think it's hard to beat what they got back. At first, when you saw that initial tweet, I think it was John Morosi tweeted it out and you were like, this is ridiculous. You feel mm -hmm. like any, any, any team could have matched that offer pretty much. And then you got the gore and the other aspects of it. Mike, what about you? What do you think of this trade first initial hits? Uh, I, I just think no matter what, nobody wins besides the Padre. I, no, I'm <laughs> sorry. Like there's trading. Uh, when you trade for prospects, you hope they turn into a Juan Soto. And now you're trading away. Arguably like first off, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, obviously the Padres don't make this deal unless they already pretty much have had talks like, look, we're going to offer you this money. You got to think there's already a contract negotiation happening you don't you don't you don't literally solve the farm for two years of Juan Soto you just don't so um, at the end of the day the, I, I think this is the best return they would have got regardless but Soto there is no price for Soto's priceless I mean he's what 23 23 years old still in this like entering his prime I don't even know if he's in it you would think he's already in it but uh man it's uh I guess again, in terms of like, it's funny because most people would just be happy to have a Soto and build around that. They traded away a player they should have been building around. I just, I, I don't know. I, I get the money aspect of things, but it's ridiculous. That, I, I mean, good for the Padres. I don't, I don't see how like there's. It's gonna be hard for me to think that they lost this deal, no matter what happens. Honestly, it's gonna take a lot of. Uh, it's gonna take Abrams and Hassel and, and company to really hit on that pedigree for it to even be close. At the end of the day. We have the Welsh with us. Chris, how are you doing, man? Joe, what's up, buddy? What's up? Look at my buddies over here. Mandy and Curlin. I came correct today, man. What are you, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing with the glasses and the hat? Is this the is this the Chris, trade deadline? We're uh, underdressed. Attire? We're underdressed. It's, it's, I, I, went, I, went, I went full Florida man for this one. That's what this wow. is. Um, I just got back from the beach. The hat and glasses came with me from the beach to the podcast. I was looking if and I had some glasses or something to join in. Here, here, I'll, I'll take the glasses off. off. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. but the hat, but the hat stays. I even wore, I even wore the palm tree shirt for this, man. Chris, you, have you know tiara? what it is? I don't have the tiara. You know, someone was asking me today, the fantasy pros, when we get to our uh, gambling bet MGM side, I will put on Joe Pizzapia would always put on the crown and I just have a, my daughter's tiara. But I don't have the tiara with me. Maybe I'll try to get it here in a little bit. We're, yeah, here, to, uh, we're here to have fun, man. So you listen, guys do whatever you like. <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm also trying to bring a San Diego vibe. San Diego's are the big winner. The, it's the big winner, you know, the big big winners of today so far. I mean, you have Hayter, you have Josh Bell, you have Juan Soto. This is also celebrating San Diego's, pro, pro, you know, this whole thing, the whole San Diego vibe deal. You know, the palm trees, the the beach, everything. They, they, uh, it's nice to feel like a winner. I'm a Marlins fan. You're a D-backs fan. You're a Twins fan. You guys are okay, but it's going to be hard to compete. Regardless, at the end of the day, this is – I'm just trying to feel what a winner feels like. I doubt this is what a winner feels like. I feel like I, I went know. to the Walmart, you know, leftover bin oh, yeah. and just threw, threw what they had on in there. But you know what? I'm trying to embody that vibe today. You know, I've also – I've always been known as like a pseudo Padres fan because I'm out here in Arizona and I've got access to all the backfields. And I've spent – since 2017 – Maybe I'm not sure I've spent more time anywhere else than on the San Diego Padres backfields. And like, I know all of these guys and people have associated me with it. So like there was a part of me when Soto got traded, I was like, Hey, 
we win. I was like, oh, wait, I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I didn't really actually <laughs> win. But like I knew all these prospects. I knew I've known all these guys. I've seen them for a long time. And the thought of me being able to get around Soto here soon is very exciting. So it's, it's a wild trade, man. If you guys aren't already following all of the work from all the men you're seeing on screen here, you need to go check it out. First, Triple Play Fantasy with David. You see Mike's stuff over at The Athletic. And Welsh, of course, is on pretty much every podcast you can imagine from leading off Prospect One. He's all over the place. Do some more stuff, man. I'm, we're not hearing enough out of you. That's why I'm here. I'm doing more stuff. I'm with the boys. I'm hanging out with the boys. I can't be, literally can't hear me enough. I've literally gone from podcast to podcast today, but I'm excited about this. Like we're doing a little live thing, uh, ITL after this. It's like all trade deadline, all locked in. The only, here's the only thing I'm hoping for. I'm hoping we're not done. Like we kind of got the Soto news earlier. Otani is not in the running. We have the ridiculous Hosmer stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I, it feels like we've had a big push and I'm really hoping this next two or three hours has got some surprises for us because, uh, you know, Soto hater was the big shocker. Like I want to see Radon traded. I want to see, I, we need to see JD Martinez. I just, I hope we get some splashes here in the next couple hours. What about Joey Gallo? That wasn't big enough. Yeah. Joey Gallo. I mean, could you have built like, <laughs> did you just build like a mere situation? Like here, Cody, we want you to see what you're going to be in five years. If you don't fix this. So we brought you Joey <laughs> yes, Gallo. Yes. Like, this is ridiculous. What a dumb, that is one of the dumbest trade. I don't understand that. I don't know what's dumber. Let's get a vote. What's dumber. Uh, Joey Gallo to the Dodgers. Why? Or Eric Hosmer to the Red Sox. Why? Those are the two dumbest trades. I have no comprehension of. Why they, they needed another free swinging lefty over there in, in LA, you know, like Bellinger wasn't missing enough balls. Uh, you know, they just wanted to bring another one of those over. I, I don't, I got no maybe power of swings and wind power for Joey Gallo swinging through fastballs. I don't, I don't know. We need, I, I do think I, I want to believe the Dodgers can fix just about anybody, but the fact that Bellinger has gone backwards for a couple of years now, and I don't know, they can't be done. I feel like this was like a almost a desperation, like, oh, we missed on Soto, let's go get Joey Gallo, next best Ooh, thing, <laughs> naturally. There was a tweet that said uh, the Dodgers and Padres each acquired a two-time all-star outfielder today. That was was fantastic. Good sell job. Good sell job here, Joe. Yeah, That's brutal. Does my audio sound better? I was using the wrong mic. Yeah, you weren't on your mic. I messaged you that. You're on your mic now. You might need to turn it up just a tiny bit, turn your volume up a little bit, but you're, you're back on your mic. Yeah, I was using the headset, the old headset, which if you guys listen to my show back in the early days, it was it was rough, rough stuff going on there until we got this uh, this little now guy here. I got that ear. Oh, yeah. I, as soon as I got on, I was like, Joe is not connected to his microphone. I immediately put <laughs> oh, it in the man. private chat for you. We, we talked uh, about that yesterday. Well, so just I did. How... That's the first thing I did with Curling. Curling was on with me on Fantasy Pros, and I was like, I'm like, check your microphone. Check your mic. Yeah, Do we're that. both like, I'm like, I'm like you, you're sure you can hear me. I've, I've had way too many issues with microphones over the years. <laughs> Are you sure I'm good? That's you're, usually it's like a write a passage with podcasting like you haven't officially gotten into any type of podcast or commentary world unless your microphone has been screwed up at one point it was uh, i i've talked about this i did uh, i hosted cbs for like a couple months back like a couple years ago with scott white and the first episode we ever did just me and him my microphone wasn't connected and disconnected and Scott didn't catch it and didn't tell me. And I was like, Oh, it was a great episode. This is really cool. And then when I got to the editing portion, my, it was only my laptop, my laptop audio mm. took it. And I like my heart sunk. And I was like, you got to be 
kidding me? Like, I didn't even mm. post this, but it's a rite of passage to screw up your audio at some point. And to leave yourself muted, which I've done, oh, as recently sure. as yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> or have you guys ever done the thing where you go in a stream yard, you realize like you set up for your show, but you don't add yourself to the show. So you record yourself talking and then realize that no sound's going to translate because you never added yourself into the audio. I haven't done that, but we definitely hit not go live and then you think you're going and yeah. like, we're, we're getting into the weeds we're getting into the weeds of all the technical <laughs> side we're like there's no trades going down right now so we're just talking about how we all screw up yep. yeah i've been looking at the usual suspects here passing and everybody else and nothing really in the last half hour or so i was going to ask you guys though is there someone i know bob nightingale is kind of off limits at this point but is there anybody that you guys trust specifically is it passing is it buster only who is who's your go-to for for info definitely bob for sure bob whenever <laughs> if bob says something i'm like oh i know it's going to be the opposite of what he says so i trust in exactly the opposite i mean passing passing's the most yeah. trustworthy i feel like Heyman and them might be jumping passing as far as breaking the news but when if passing reports it i know it's uh it's a go i think morosi was the one who reported the soto trade i think he was first but i could be wrong about that yeah, yeah, you might be right. I'm it's, just, I think, I think Paston's the, I think he's the guy. I mean, beat writers actually aren't terrible with this stuff, especially ones that are like, you know, if I see um Mish on Marlin, like on the, when it comes to the Marlins, if you know the trusted ones that you really trust with certain certain beat writers with certain teams, those are other good sources of information. But in terms of big names, Paston's obviously, I think the go-to for many of us, if not most of us, at this point. Yeah, I think ESPN does a good job. Like is. For as bad as they are at a lot of things, <laughs> the people they hire for to break news, Passin, Adam Schefter, Adrian Wojnarowski, like those guys, usually when they tweet stuff out, most of the time it's pretty accurate. So like, except for when Passin was a uh, hack, that was great. Yes, yeah, that was <laughs> well, good times. How did good he time. let that happen? How could that have possibly happened? His password was one two three five instead of four. Well, like, oh, because who'd have thought? like those are the guys that get targeted. You know, like yeah. like no one's trying to go and hack you know any of our stuff because who cares? But it's like you'll get people that are really interested in going and getting a pass and and telling everybody about this awesome deal they can get on a PS five. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like a crypto thing when they hacked it. it. They did like some crypto mm. .eth or whatever. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Still nothing really big. Maybe we can talk about a couple of the trades that have happened already. I already got their take on the Soto trade before you came in here, Welsh. What do you think about the return fantasy-wise? Like, how long will it take for guys like... Like Abrams, I mean, gets a bump right away. But what's your overall outlook on this package they got back? You know, like, I don't need to go crazy about it. Listen, it you guys kind of said it like trading Soto is impossible. Like what are you possibly going to get? I would say, I think it's a stupid move that the Na the nationals are a joke. If you go and look at what they've done over the last couple of years and you imagine that they had Harper and Trey Turner and Juan Soto and that they couldn't figure out how to make that work. It's embarrassing. They should be embarrassed, but I don't, I don't know how you get a better deal if you're building for the future than this deal. The Cardinals clearly hilariously wouldn't want to give up like Walker and Carlson, whatever their deal is. Dodgers, uh, the rumored trades look pretty stupid, to be honest yeah. with you. I thought they would trade like Bellinger and Dustin May and, and Miguel Var, and it looked way light. So I think they did the best job they could. I've talked about Yarlin Susana, who is going to be a dude everyone's been talking about in a couple of years. He's out here in the complex. I've seen him pitch multiple times, six foot six, large dude, uh, big power fastball, big swinging strike percentage as far as the minors go. He was a great get. James Wood, monster get. I'm critical of James Wood. I've seen something I don't understand. Every time I see him, he sucks. 
he just he plays down he doesn't want to play in low competitive environments so he struggles then he gets into big places he's hitting bombs hitting 300 ceiling bases he's an insane talent robert hassel i like more than probably anybody um huge contact hitter speed i think he's going to build into power um there's little bryce harper things i see in him love hassel love wood love susana abrams is a huge get they got mckenzie gore i think it's the best possible deal you could have got I still think it's stupid that you trade Soto, but these are pieces for a garbage minor league system. They've got a frontline-ish starter. They got Abrams. You know, there's a good player to build around, and you got th uh, three or four minor leaguers that you really can try to prop up with a system that was really struggling. So I think it was the best possible thing they could have done. But you know, in a blanket, you just don't trade Juan Soto. It's like fantasy, like even in dynasties and rebuilds, I see everyone's like, well, I'm not competing. So, you know, I got to move some guys. So I got this offer for Juan Soto, but why you're training a bunch of players that you would pray to God can be Soto just because you're rebuilding. I don't think I would ever move guys like Tatis, Acuna, Soto. Vlad. I'm not looking to trade those guys in dynasties, regardless if I have, I'll do it any other way to reformat. So I would turn the same thing to real baseball why the hell am I getting off of Soto? Because he's going to cost a bunch of money. You build around him. That's how you get guys to come and play with you in free agency. And they've failed every step of the way. So uh, I think it's a great return. I think it's a solid trade on both sides. Padres are ridiculous. That lineup of Soto, Tatis, and Machado is... Uh, oh. I think partly they're more content to move on and start over because they won the World Series there and they figure how many teams actually make it. So... That's why maybe they didn't push as hard as you might have seen another team to retain a guy like Soto. Like in a couple of years, if the Jays haven't won anything and Vladdy wants to walk, I think they're going to give him a blank check. I think they'll avoid that at all costs. Kurland, I'm kind of interested. You've been a Marlins fan like forever, right? Um, can I plead the fifth? Is that is that an option on these things? Oh, we're going to find out about a bandwagon? Whoa. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've been watching them suck for years. It's it's cool, man. It's okay. Um. Oh. We get excited for the far and few success stories in between. That's what it, that's what it is. Were I you... just sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. No, there. I was just gonna say I'm just uh, I'm at the point of now. It's like this this off season. I had a lot of hope entering the year, and then when I heard like you know Jeter was like, like Jeter and them pretty much had like a disagreement and realizing oh they aren't gonna even be mid level spenders. I, I gave up because it's like we have the young pitching. We have we obviously know how to, and we as in I'm like like I'm part of the Marlins front office, but the Marlins know how to you know, really get pitching. Like they know how to develop it. They know how to, they, they have it. They have that part of the game. Cool. They can't develop hitting for anything. It seems like, and they won't go out and sign beyond like mid-level contributors at best, like high end. And that was Solaire coming off a contract year, coming off a solid second half. I'm in a full good year. And obviously, obviously Garcia, who's been lackluster and is always hit and miss in general. So it was aggravating that the Marlins weren't, going to spend to fix that offense because they obviously have the pitching to keep them in it so once they saw that it just it crushed me and now like the trade line what the hell are they doing they're just waiting and waiting for what you think you're gonna get anything special for jesus aguilar and garrett cooper i, I want to curse so yeah yeah okay we can just stop i'm i'm getting worked up here i'm getting frustrated because i don't get what, what the holdup is when it comes to moving some of these pieces here if we get some low-level curse words, I think we're we're gonna be okay. Oh no, there was no low level. There was no there was like low minors, some yeah. like high A curse words, but we're not gonna do any triple A here, Curlin. Uh, I, I was ready to drop some F bombs. We could do some triple uh, play. Dan Vespers yeah. 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 might come for me if we start throwing F bombs around on here. I might be in trouble with the big man. Uh, I won't do it. I'll be nice. So I want to take you guys back a little bit here. Take you back to December fourth, two thousand seven. Talk Gosh. about the Marlins. 
when they sent Miguel Cabrera and Dontrell Willis for Andrew Miller, Cameron Mabin, Mike Rabello, Julio De La Cruz, Dallas Trahern, and Burke Badenhop. That was the package mm, back then. That was kind of my lead into the Curlin question. I was going to ask him, and I'll ask all of you guys, how does this compare? How does the Soto trade compare, you think? I mean, I think you're getting better prospects now. I mean, I have to look and see. I mean, Andrew Miller was their top prospect back then at that point. But you're getting a lot more, I think. We know a little bit more about prospects, I think, than we did back then. Just the amount of people that are watching, like the Welsh and, and other people that are really plugged in more so than there was, you know, 15 years ago. The only thing is this is an example of what can happen when it, on the surface, it looks like you're getting a bunch of great players coming back. But like the point that was already said, you're hoping somebody could be even close to what Juan Soto was. And this is the reality is not everybody pans out that way. And you hope maybe one or two of these guys could be worth the return, but to expect that all these guys are going to live up to the potential that you think isn't realistic. So, but the positive is, is what they did is they maximize. You usually see these type of deals. It's like two good pieces. And then a couple like, all right, here, over here. <clears throat> I, for some reason, I was thinking about that David price trade. Remember when David price was traded and uh, to the tigers and he was still kind of a bigger name and they traded him what felt like nothing, but Willie Adamas mm -hmm. was the big part of the trade and that ended up being a thing. But like most of these trades have a couple of questionable pieces. The amazing thing is, I think these are all insanely high, high upside pieces. They, their system targeted Yarlin Susana, which was really unique get that they were in on. Abrams has got huge play upside um, and, and he gets to be a shortstop here. That's one of the craziest things about this. Abrams looks like he was gonna move off. He has a chance to be a future shortstop for this team and they got insane upside on hassle insane on wood so you're right they're not all going to pan out but they did something i think uniquely is they've got five of probably the highest pedigree players you could get in a system and maybe over many that it's like i think the probability moved up that if three of the five work out here this will be a big one i i've been i can't think of i always think of the richie Sexton where the diamondbacks trade like seven or eight players I can't think of a trade that compares, but I keep thinking about what John Heyman said uh, like a week ago, that this would be the biggest trade haul in the history of baseball. It'd be the biggest trade mm -hmm. we've ever seen in baseball history. And I kind of don't feel like any of us think that. Like maybe we're preconditioned. Maybe if we hadn't seen all the pieces and speculated, we wouldn't be sitting here like, oh, okay, it happened. Maybe, but I don't feel like I've walked out where I look at that and I'm like, oh man. That is the biggest trade we've ever seen in the history of baseball. I'm just like, no, that makes sense. Like, so I don't know. I, I don't, maybe if I go back and look at deals, I'm going to, you know, find other deals that, you know, were as big or bigger. I think it's just on par. It's about what you had to trade, but I definitely don't think it's the biggest one in history, but I will say, I think it looks like one of the more complete opportunities a team has done to set themselves up for some success, whether Gore is a number two or three, whether Abrams is just a solid player it's just things i don't think they would have been able to do i think a lot of our other organizations unless the cardinals would have just unloaded the truck and done walker and win and graceffo and carlson unless they would have done that i'm really not sure there was a better package or an opportunity to put together and i still don't think that would have been like the greatest trade in the history of baseball now would you say that maybe this plays into the fact that on the lowest level, like just fans in general, we have more coverage and more exposure to these players more than ever in terms of just knowing their names. There's analytics behind them. There's all this information that we didn't have even five, seven years ago about prospects that like now when trades like this happen, us as like just a general fan and general, you know, 
fantasy, wherever you want to put it, no matter where you're talking about it, we just know these players and know more about them than ever before. So that, that excitement is kind of less because it's already a known product or at least a partially known commodity compared to being like, oh, we got like we got their five best prospects. These are all top 100 guys. And that could have been like that's all you needed to hype these players up five years ago. You didn't need to know anything. Now we yeah, have Mendel, so much I, more information coming in, too. Yeah, Mendelssohn like said that. Like I totally agree yeah. with that idea is it's a we know so much more about the prospects but b it's just like this literal trade has been out there for like 10 days that, have, that, they that just, too, yeah, yeah. have they had dropped this on us today we would all be like oh my god cj abrams gore we would be losing our hassle james wood we would be freaking out if they had dropped if we hadn't gotten insane if we hadn't thought juan soto was 100 percent getting traded and seen this we this actually would and i think it's the the information killed the impact of some of it uh, though I know like like Spore, even up until like 20 minutes before was like 1% chance it happened. Like he was <laughs> he was so sure it wasn't going to happen, which I think, you know, Bogman was kind of in that same front. He was only at 50% that was like, hey, this really doesn't feel like it's going to happen. And they pulled the trigger. It's a huge trade. It's a good get. And it'll be the highlight of everything we talked about. And God willing, when we get to see Juan Soto in a Padres jersey for the first time, it will be uh, it'll be a tune in for sure. Now you and say, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I, I just want to say, I just want to reiterate that, like, you know, you mentioned the the great haul the Marlins got for their prospects back in the day. Thanks, uh, Mendy. But uh, <laughs> but I think it's it's kind of nice to see that um, prospect development, scouting teams as a whole, when it comes to this stuff, have gotten so much better that prospects aren't such a wild card as they used used to be. And that's not to say that they'll all hit on their they're all, they're not all going to hit on what we expect and all that. But it is kind of nice to see, like, hey, you know, prospects are sure a more sure thing than before mandy any thoughts yeah i mean we i think we all kind of touched on it prospect analysis is a lot better than it was back then the nationals did about as well as they could have done i'm curious though welsh do you think because if i were the nationals i wouldn't have done a, a cardinals trade unless jordan walker was 100 percent a part of it do you think if it was Walker and then two other players of their choosing, would that have been a better package since Walker is so much in terms of just the prospect rankings everywhere, he's considered such a higher prospect than everybody besides Robert Hassel. Uh, do you think if you'd gotten Walker and two other players, that would have been a better deal? I think it Walker would have been absolute slam dunk. No brainer. I love Mason Wynn too. I think that guy is a stud. I actually think he is someone that could be on the chopping block. Like the Cardinals, they lost out big here. They cannot end the trade deadline after being a one for one for Soto with Jose Quintana. You can't do that. So I think they got to make a move. <laughs> and I think like Mason Wynn could be the guy that they could go and maybe poke around the Marlins or the Giants for one of those pitchers. But had the deal been uh, Walker win one of Gorman or Car if they could have got Gorman, Carlson, Walker and win, that's the deal. That's the deal. And then you could throw in whoever the hell else you want. That is a huge win for two major league pieces. Now two guys for the future. It's part, it's three fourths of your infield plus an outfielder. I think that's the one that you bet on. And I really think the Cardinals should have considered that. And they could have thrown in Gordon Graceffo, who has had a phenomenal year, like a two ERA. That would have been the biggest slam duck of slam duck deals, I think, long term for the Cardinals. Had they done it, had they gotten Walker win one of Carlson and Gorman, maybe Libertor still think that might've been a, like a notch a little bit better. Um, but you know, you got to look at it. Like they got a, they got a frontline pitcher that they can depend in gore. They've got 
their uh, they got their big guy who can play now in Abrams, and they got two huge prospects. That's just what the Cardinals were not willing to do. I think the Cardinals had to give up one of Carlson or Gorman with Libertor and then Win and Walker, and that would have been relative. If it was Carlson, Libertor, Walker, and Win, I think that looks and is probably bigger than the Padres deal, and it got it done, and that would have been a little bit better. Now, there was someone who said in the last few days, Welsh, it might have been you actually on leading off about you expect it, if Soto, and I might be putting words in your mouth, if Soto gets traded, then you expected Otani to come soon after. Was that you? Yeah. So I said on Monday, because I had this thought on the weekend, and I said it on the ITL podcast, which released like Monday morning on Sunday. I said, if Juan Soto was traded Monday, I think that would be the precursor to uh, Shohei Otani being traded on Tuesday because I think you've had all these teams that had built up these packages. They had everything set. This is what we're doing. The exact same package was the Otani package. Everything was set. So you got four or five teams that have are ready to unload their system and you could get what probably is a better player. Get a two-way player that helps both sides of the team. Uh, I thought that would have been a precursor, but it was squashed because not only did he not get traded Monday, the Angels announced they're not trading him. And rightfully so, by the way, if the Cardinals are sitting here not willing to put Dylan Carlson in a deal and the Yankees are not willing to put Anthony Volpe, then screw off. You, you don't trade Otani. You build off your team. If I'm any of those teams, I'm just like, here's a blank check. You tell me what you need Dylan Carlson. Sure. Go ahead. Osho Otani would be the greatest get for the Cardinals right now because it would set up that starter that they're desperate for need that their, their, their rotation needs so much help. And you would get a middle of the order bat to go with Arenado and with, um, and with Paul Goldschmidt. And even if you had to give up Gorman, who cares, go and buy a cheap middle infielder. That would have been my thing, but it didn't matter because the angels, uh, they took them off the board because clearly the market was not willing to pay the absolute premium, knowing the future cost of his contract. And pff, you're not going to pay Carlson for Soto. You're probably not going to do it for Otani either. I figured that whatever the runner-up bid was for Soto, that bid would just be sent over to the Angels and maybe massage it a little bit, but I don't think that's going to be happening at this point. I thought it could have been bigger, too. I actually think like the loser could have said, crap, we lost out, and then go one step bigger because does everybody agree here that Shohei Otani should cost more from a real baseball perspective than Juan Soto at this point because of the two-way player? So if you missed out on Soto, I would think – you go and pay the double price to bring in Shohei Otani at whatever cost because he's the most impactful baseball player in the game right now. Two-way player, MVP. He's gonna, he's probably going to end at MVP unless Judge has 70 homers at this point. Joe and I have been saying on leading off the whole year. I think you pay more for Otani than you do Juan Soto, but maybe I'm in the minority here. We want to welcome him on real quick here before we get our next thought. Joey P and Welsh back together. It only took one day. We got him back already. <laughs> He's back. Joe can't stay so away much. from me. Can you Welsh? No matter how hard you try. I love it. That's Joe, right. thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I know all of you guys are really busy, but you've just been hopping around interview to interview. So I, I really appreciate you. Joe, don't you think Otani should cost more than one Soto? Hell Yeah. I mean, right. he's two players. You're getting two guys. Now, you know, two elite players, not just like elite, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. To Mike's They're point, elite. two elite players, you're, and you're getting a front end starting pitcher, which already cost you what Luis Castillo cost you, Marte, and a few other prospects, right? And then you look at what Juan Soto got you, and I'm saying Otani is Soto because nobody is Soto, but Otani is a pretty damn good hitter, uh, and I think. I think you always run that risk of because he's wrapped up in one player. It's the same thing we you talked about in the preseason. Well, remember we were talking about 
the odds of Otani. Why weren't they minus on MVP for Otani? Yeah. And it's because the injury risk is greater. Because if he gets hurt with the arm, you lose him for everything. I think that's the part that might hold up things. But I think the Angels, again, I just came off of an interview, so I don't know if I've missed anything. Otani did not get traded, correct, in the last No, well, they, they announced yeah. he won't, too. The Angels said like, yeah. they've taken him off. It was a huge freaking mistake by the Angels. Enormous yeah. freaking mistake by the Angels. This team is barren. They are they are the bottom of the barrel right now. They've got two of the best players in baseball, and they can't even be scraped 500. They've got so many issues. Just fix the issues, top to bottom. Take the president, the GM, and I don't like this because this is like people's jobs. You need to get rid of everybody here and start <laughs> over because they have done such a terrible job of evaluating talent over the years, stocking this farm system, bad contracts, paying, overpaying for older players. The whole thing is just it's been such a disaster for them. The one thing they've really gotten right is Otani, but unfortunately, that's the only chip they have to improve their future. Because do any of us think the Angels are going to compete next year? Because I don't. No, I got the best yeah. question on the planet. Who is doing a worse job, the Angels or the Nationals? Who is worse at their job? Angels. Yeah, I Angels? would agree. What Who about the Athletics? You, they have nobody in their farm system. Yeah, but, and they're but horrible. there's no even hope, though. Like, yeah, the Athletics National, are by design, though. <laughs> the Nationals had a super team. They had yeah. uh, the big three. They have what but, basketball would try to create. But they had the a title, Welsh, so they got there. Yeah, so now true. you have yeah. some capital with your fan base. At least the you Angels, got there and you won. The Angels have been doing what the Nationals have been doing since before the Nationals have been doing it is the problem. Yeah. Without That's a championship. Without a playoff appearance. Can we just get a damn playoff appearance i mean mike trout's played three playoff games in his whole career that's it's, pretty wild it's, it's, it's crazy the nationals won't sit around and do anything they just get rid of their players on a whim the angels won't get rid of their players and they can't win worth anything it's two it's the uh, movable object versus the oh do it do, it do it i can't do it i can't do it i don't know welsh's welsh mixing metaphors is the greatest thing object ever. versus the, <laughs> you know what is it I, I, unstoppable I'm force him. or something no, don't tell him he's gonna come up with something and he's <laughs> no, gonna make some no, other metaphor no. and mix them together and create a whole new one it's my favorite the welshisms are my favorite somebody system. help me what is the stupid <laughs> I enjoy watching object you. versus the i don't know unmovable <laughs> i think it's like a movable force or something uh can we go back to the one sort of thing so am I in the minority because i'll raise my hand that i'd rather have Juan soto and no. the, the reason being Otani's an unrestricted free agent after 2023. I think Soto has another year after that before he's a free agent. So you get an extra bit of time with Soto before you'd have to pay him. You also have the fact that a pitcher that throws a 100 miles per hour and throws a lot of sliders like Otani does, you're just asking for more arm trouble. At that point, he would just become a hitter if, if pitching became a problem, especially with that big of a contract he would get. Then you add the fact that Soto's skill set probably ages better over time the fact that he strikes out like 14% of the time, walks over 20% of the time, he's 23 years old. I just feel like you combine his skill set aging a lot better. You combine the fact that he's going to stay a hitter and be an established hitter. He hasn't missed too much time with injury. I just feel like he's a safer bet to do what he's doing the next 10 years. If all right, So here's the thing. Both these, so both Otani and or Soto, neither are guaranteed to resign with their teams, regardless of which one they end up on. Right? We can we can agree there. If you're a contender, you have a one to two year window with these guys, roughly. Right. I'm going to take the guy who, although he's older, 
gives me a better chance of winning in that window because I'm guaranteed to have them for that window. I'm not guaranteed to have them for 10 years. And if you're looking at a 10 year window, yes, Soto is more valuable because Otani won't age as gracefully, especially given considering age and skill sets. So at the end of the day, if I'm a contender right now, I'm valuing Otani and his skill set more because I know I have a year or two of left of his elite prime. And even if he does come down with an injury of sorts, he's going to um, he'll still be valuable on one side of the ball or the other, most likely the hitting side, because even though the hitting side won't be potentially as elite as Soto's can be or whatever, I still think that it's not much less. And then now you're adding in the pitcher side. But again, I'm that's the caveat of over the next year or two, because you're making these deals. Obviously, Soto's a long term outlook guy with more upside and you're keeping that. But these contenders, neither one of them, again, it goes back to they're not guaranteed to stay wherever they land or are at currently. I would just take the guy who I think can win me that championship now in that two-year window. I'm I think Otani gives you. Say, yeah, I'm Otani. Um, I'm heads on Otani. I'll let Joe jump in. I got to go, guys. I got to jump over. We have an In This League stream coming up. Uh, but keep rocking here. I love you all. Thanks Team for Otani. filling in and helping out, Mike. I saw you the other day. It was fun to see you on the <laughs> yeah. show. Hi, guys. It was a little fun. Was. Go follow yeah. Welsh. Hi, Welsh. See you, Chris. Thanks for, thanks for hopping Burn on, man. the hand is worth, uh, you know. Seven in the feet. Whatever yeah. you can get uh, in the open market or something. <laughs> oh, he's just He's been doing that for a decade with me now where he, he always takes he, – well, usually he takes two sayings. And he combines them into one thing. And he doesn't even realize he's doing it. It is the greatest thing ever. It's you know so who it is? It's like Little Carmine on The Sopranos. Remember? The yes, it's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly like that. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> if, if you guys aren't already following Chris, go check him out on Twitter at Is It The Welsh and go check out ITL and Fantasy Pros, where he is now taken over as the head honcho for the next. When do you come back, right. Joe? Next, next year. <laughs> <laughs> Joey P no, is you know football what it is, time man. now. It's just. It's just tough because the 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 amount of what we do at Fantasy Bros NFL wise, yeah, you know, is just it's such a bear. So by the time training camp starts, it's really hard to take that on along with the daily grind of baseball. It's just a lot, no, you know, for well, for sure. So, but I, I I make it to August, and then I uh, I'm letting Welsh run the ship here for the next two months because I don't believe in abandoning baseball content either. I think that's that's you know not right for our fan base, and it's not right for you know too many places do that where they just say, Oh, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, it does matter. You know, this that's is where championships are made, man. This is where they're won. These final two months when everyone else is quitting for football. This is when yeah. you win or it's where you make exactly. up ground. Fully I, I, my two cents is I agree with the guys about Otani. Like that, that's the piece in the next two years. that gives you the best window. And there's also like, Soto's not signing in San Diego. That's not happening. You don't they, think they, so? Really? I don't think so. No way. They, they sold they, the farm for two years. That would be surprising. They yeah. sold the farm for, I, I'll be honest with you. I, although they gave up a great theoretical prospect hall, you know, I'm old enough to remember what was it? Saltala Machia and Elvis Andrews and all the, Oh my God, look at my prospects went for Mark Teixeira. I remember like, I'm going to remember mm -hmm. old enough to like to see some of these trades were like, look at this prospect hall. And then at the end of the day, you're like, look at that prospect hall. And I think <laughs> that that's that at the end of the day, you know, Soto was going to get a half a billion dollars with the B. And yeah. there's only a finite number of organizations that can give that to him. And the San Diego Padres are not one of them. They're just not. They already committed to Machado. They've got money in Tatis. This is their window. They've got great pitching. Uh, I was on the Padres earlier in, in the year. I said, look, if the Padres is getting the playoffs, that is a fantastic rotation potentially. Then you really have to deal with. The hater trade was fascinating. How, how that all happened and came together, I don't think any of us could fathom. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you went out there and said, yeah, two years of Soto is enough. Like, Give us a shot to win a championship. Padres fans have never seen that. That's cool. Go out and give that to them. 
and if Soto then walks, Soto walks. But at least you did that and you had that moment and you still got Tatis locked up for a decade. So I think they've covered their bases. I don't think, you know, Abrams, I think, is a really nice player. I'd be incredibly worried about the health of Gore, personally. You know, um, Welsh, I'm sure, continued to talk when I wasn't here about uh, him being a two-pitch pitcher and how he doesn't love him anyway. And Hassel, I think, is, you know, an all-star potential player, but nobody's Soto. It's not You're not getting a Juan Soto back for Juan yeah. Soto. That doesn't exist, yeah. that trade. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of breaking news here. Nothing Ooh. earth-shattering, but Luke, Luke Voigt will be going to Washington to complete the Juan Soto deal. Interesting. What do you guys think there? Initially? <laughs> that poor Luke. It's, it's a little Eric Cosmer's a dick. That's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're Luke Voigt now, you've got to move your whole family. You got to like sell your house or your your you know sublet your apartment, whatever the hell, just because Eric Hosmer didn't want to go. Now you have to go. That's yeah, crappy. I'm leaving poop on a bag on his doorstep. Like that is, I, that is you have yeah, to light it on fire naturally. That's yeah. Call, David. And Luke Voigt's yeah, someone. It's... Luke Voigt's someone who I think's been coming around a little bit, and he might have been someone who's good buy low kind of guy. Maybe even just pick up off the waivers depending on your league size. And now it's going to be kind of hard for him to have value down the stretch here wearing uh, the Nationals uniform. I think it's a linear move for him at this point. I mean, he. I mean, he's going from, I mean, the Padres lineup was obviously better already. Now it's gotten a lot better, but now he hasn't had, uh, Voight never had a chance to really enjoy the, you know, the Soto being in in between him and his, and all that. So he goes from one lineup to another where he'll still hit the top, top third, top fourth, top three, top four in the lineup and all that. I don't see much difference. Maybe a few less RBIs, but at the end of the day, play appearances are going to be there. Playing time will be there. I don't see I know it's obviously a drop off, but I just don't think it's gonna be as abrupt as you would think initially. Luke Voigt goes from being the sixth best hitter in a Padres <clears throat> lineup to being the best hitter in a national lineup. <laughs> and the force the Nationals were in a tough spot though a couple of years ago because they won the World Series. Then they had a choice to make between Strasburg or Rendon. And there was a lot of pressure on them to make that decision. They chose Strasburg instead of the position player, which theoretically is probably the wrong decision. And it turned out there was no right decision. Like both of those decisions would have cursed them no matter what. So at the end of the day, they were almost kind of doomed from, from then on in the situation. The, the What they should have done is let everybody walk and just thrown a bunch of money at Soto before you could figure out how good he really was. But, you know, that's what the Rays did with Wander Franco. <laughs> before you really understand what's going on, kid, here's $100 million. What do you think of that? Okay. <laughs> you know, if I'm 20 years old, I'm taking that too. You give Juan Soto a couple more years in the league and you start talking about Ted Williams and Juan Soto in the same sentence. It's a little bit of a different conversation. And I think it's crazy to think he's not going to free agency. Like he is going to shatter every record and there will be pressure from the MLBPA for him to go to free agency. I guarantee it because he will raise he will raise the boat, you know, like everybody else does, right? All the, the, I'm going to do a Welsh, the raising, the rising tide lifts all of your shares of Juan Soto. Or something like that, right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen here. Cause they're going to then raise the bar for all the other salaries when he gets half a billion dollars and he will. And probably from Steve Cohen. <laughs> we have an, we have another little trade to announce. Although first go Gov- thinks I'm assuming this is Govier saying Joey P is going to save baseball, just like Sosa and McGuire in 98. <laughs> I've been trying for years, <laughs> but we have, we have a small deal involving the Los Angeles angels. They're sending Brandon Marsh over to the Phillies return yet to be announced. Brandon that Marsh seems weird. That is very weird. Out of LA. They have it. I mean, I think I have to look in their prospect system. I'm pretty sure they have like too many outfield prospects. So that may be why, I mean, you know, you have Joe Adele there. Mike Trout's obviously going to be entrenched there as long as he's there. Uh, Taylor Ward is, I know tailed off, but he's looked like a nice piece. And then, 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a couple other guys coming yeah, up. So maybe Taylor Ward's like 28. Trout is injured. Uh, okay. Yeah, like Dale hasn't done anything. Adele, yeah, it's like, do they, can they afford to move Brandon Marsh and all his strikeouts? I don't I know. Mean, not I mean. that Brandon Marsh has been anything special by any means, but it's like, it it's seems like such a, like I expect you told me Taylor Ward was on the move. That makes more sense. Just given I the agree. age. And again, this team, you know why? You know why? Doing? It just hit me. You know why? Jason Worth is back. That's when they were relevant, and now he's going to be there. Jason Worth. Right. That's what just it put, is. If, yes. You know what? If they put a Jason Worth jersey on him, that'd be fantastic. Just exactly, don't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> just let him go out there for the crowd in Philly. They would cheer him. I'm telling you right now, they would cheer the hell out of him. <laughs> <laughs> they love Jason Worth in Philadelphia. <laughs> but it, I, I just, it's, it's, it's just a weird, again, a weird trade. A team that should be, we were just talking about how they should be sellers, and they're selling their young player. <laughs> what is going on? They're not selling their aging guys. They're not selling Luis Rangifo, who's running hot and could be a solid like utility guy for a team. They're not selling Otani, And they didn't move Iglesias, right? They're not moving. They're not doing anything. Like Iglesias was the guy I thought was like, okay, somebody would want him. Like, that. that's, you, you make the case. Get him out of there. You know, they have Syndergaard on what Syndergaard on a one year deal. Get him out of there. What are they well, doing? There's a lot of rumors that he was going to Philadelphia, but obviously that has not happened either. No, but Brandon Marsh is like this is this is a bigger this caught me off guard more than you get a tall guy trade. with long hair. You get Syndergaard. <laughs> yeah. No, not him. Who's the other guy? Marsh. Yeah, we'll take that guy. That's yeah, that guy has a beard. The beard makes a difference. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the latest news we've got on Syndergaard, and it's from Bob Nightingale. So it's essentially <laughs> it's no, essentially it's opposite. We know it's wrong. Day. It's opposite day. So maybe yeah. there's <laughs> Carlos Rodon, Tyler Molly, and Noah Syndergaard, their market remains sky high. Some contenders already bowing out. So that I hear that, and I hear that these guys are all going to be on the move in the next couple of hours. Not sure what to really expect there, but I'm hoping that Syndergaard, I don't know, I saw my Blue Jays looking into Syndergaard. It's like, is that really a move that's going to push the needle? It's like a Quintana move for, for St. Louis, I feel like, because it's a little bit more depth. That but. was the, you know, you mentioned Quintana. I, I feel like <clears throat> St. Louis is got to do something here don't you think like they're, they're in it they are, they're getting an all-world season from goldschmidt you know arenado's in his prime like how much wainwright is 174 years old at some point in time like he's, he's gonna stop playing baseball you think like should you kind of push some chips in and go for it it feels like i don't i don't know what they're doing like i saw jose quintana i see luis castillo move and i didn't think he was gonna go there and i saw montas not go there and i was like oh, okay that's kind of tricky i like, like to see molly maybe See, I'd like oh, to pull Lopez. Lopez if I'm Lopez would be great. Or what about <laughs> Carlos Rodon? Rodon? I mean, I don't know. Are Rodon the will sellers? be good there, too. <laughs> like, I feel you like we, they should be, but are they? The, like, the thing about the Giants, they have, like, it's they have, like, 15 players on this team that are either great DHs, great utility types, or great platoon types. They have, like, a player that, like, 15 other teams could use and trade for. Well, if and you're the they Giants, won't Mike, trade them. Mike, if you're the Giants, don't you think to yourself, well, if we can't get somebody to overpay for Rodon now, we'll just wait and see how it goes next year because we have them under contract. Or, and then well, we isn't be right like, here and do it all again. Couldn't Rodon, isn't Rodon have like an opt-out or it's an opt-in, whatever it is. I thought it was like, two years with the opt-in. I thought, I thought, I think it was a yeah. two-year deal, might... but one, I think it was a one-year deal and then the second year he can opt-out or something Oh, like I thought it was two yeah. and then the opt-out, I thought there was another one in there after there was like I a... think the opt-out is after the year one. I'd have to double check. Somebody look at Spot Track. My goodness, yeah. we got to pull Spot Track. <laughs> I, think, I think you're right there, Mike. I think it's an opt-out after this season, if I'm then then if they don't move him they're fools if that's the case yeah like, I, I think they that's why he's his name's been popping up in trade rumors so the cardinals I, would be a yeah. good fit there too but lopez would be the guy that i'd want yeah, lopez the, the the thing the reason why i can see the cardinals not going after lopez is because lopez unlike rodon i'm almost positive lopez has like two more years of team control so it's going to cost yeah. so it's going to cost a lot more to get him and i i, I the cardinals we always see them get we see them cheap up at the last moment like, oh you know what we we don't want to give up this this 
single a prospect that's the only difference holding it back right now we don't want to give that up so we're going to hold our guys and not make the move like that's what scares me the cardinals they could use one more pitch. that's why i think molly or molly however you say his last name could be uh like that middle ground of like not quite as good as some of these guys but we've seen how good he could be away from that park so molly could be a good fit for the cardinals and might be the right price but i think the reds are setting the standard kind of high especially after what they got for uh castillo that could be another issue like maybe they're hope maybe like oh look we there's like highway robbery on castillo in in theory because you know because prospects are prospects but now they have this idea of like well if castillo got me this molly might be able to should be able to get us this but maybe realistically teams aren't viewing it the same so we'll see how that goes obviously it's gonna be interesting nevertheless we have another trade another trade They're, they're coming in hot here Nothing earth-shattering again, but Darren Ruff going to the Mets in exchange for J.D. Davis. What? The Mets are, the Mediocre, Mets are just mediocre. collecting bench outfielders. Like, what, what the hell are well, they doing? And, and a second one here. We got a second one coming in. David Robertson to the Phillies. Ah, there's Ooh, their closer. There, there is. Closer. There it is. So, the clo- so Robert, Robertson uh, holds actually gains value uh, in fantasy because he's going to get some more. He's, a, he's in a secure role in a on a better team. But uh, it's it? funny because all they did, all the Giants did was flip flop lefty platoon bats. That's yeah, like that's such a weird <laughs> trade. The Cardinals, just going back to them for a second, their starting rotation: Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, Stephen Matz, Dakota Hudson, Jose Quintana. I mean, they need to upgrade that rotation. They if have they think to. I mean, they need two pitchers realistically, like to get Molly and Rodon to even have a chance to realistically compete with the Padres, with the Dodgers, with the Braves, and the guys that they're going to have coming out there. I mean, the Braves could practically go Max Freed for four or five innings and then have Spencer Strider come in for like three or four innings. Like, the Cardinals have great offensive talent, but they need to get some pitching there if they want any chance of succeeding because, I mean, Matthew Libertor, if, if he's their hope of maybe coming up and being their fifth starter, he has not looked good so far this year in his limited time. Like, this is not a good rotation at all. I, I, if they don't make room for a pitcher, they're in trouble. I, I think the Mets, I, I was just reading the comments here. I just jumped to the Mets. That Darren Ruff deal. I think Ruff is the better hitter right now between him and Davis. I just think it's a weird deal because they're both left-handed platoon bats. But I think with how the Mets have approached the whole, like, hey, let's fill our bench with, like, specialists. Like, they went out and got Naquin, Vogelbach, and other, and I think Cannon and like, Naquin might platoon there. I think they're trying to kind of get not necessarily cute, but have more options for lefty and ready to have these specialists off the bench and as depth pieces. I, I like what I like what the Mets are doing because you you can never have too many bench pieces that are actually it useful. Feels like something else is coming. Yeah, I'm waiting for it though. Right, the Mets have to do something. No, else, right? like oh, these weird moves by the Mets feel like something else is coming. Like because these are very odd. Like let's get Tyler Naquin and Daniel Vogelbach and Darren <laughs> Ruff, and we're all looking at each other like, what? What? It's not really like what? What are we doing here, guys? It's like something else is is moving through there. I mean, they did. It feels like they just got you know. They it feels like they just traded for Degrom, getting him back. You know, today and all that. Like yeah, and look that that is huge. And and I've heard a lot of people make that argument in that sentiment well the biggest you know trade deadline acquisition is jacob de yeah. and and yeah if he's jacob de grom yeah he throws more if than he, five innings i was gonna say if you could say help his <laughs> arm stays attached like that'd be great but i'd be great I, if i, I grew hair back that. on my head but these things don't always happen necessarily <laughs> i'm That's reading uh i'm reading mlb trade rumors and it says twins in serious talks with reds for tyler molly that would be great for the twins they can be very good for the twins. we know that it's just i wish closing. cleveland would get in on something I feel like Cleveland is a team that really could could make some noise. Like, I just you know the White Sox are so miserable. 
and the twins i just i don't think are that good i just want to see cleveland <laughs> yeah. I'm, i just like chaos i want to see cleveland just go on a tear no. and make a big move and just get another pitch or something just go balls to the wall for that division no, I think we're gonna awesome. <laughs> we're gonna see the we're gonna see the guardians go out and get like zach thompson from the pirates or something like mm-hmm. that's gonna be their move <laughs> that, that, that's that's the guardians um it's frustrating because you're right the guardians every year they do this they kind of Oh, so someone's actually saying Molly to Twins in the chat, too, in the comments. Oh, I happen? beat him to it. I beat him to it. Did it actually happen, though? I haven't seen any tweets, but uh, where, where are you seeing that? Jerk- uh, in, our, in, in our comments. Uh, so in all oh. the chaos, Hosmer ended up with the Red Sox. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> the Red Sox, yeah. So does that mean Dahlbeck is no longer safe for playing time because of, because of Eric Hosmer? Well, but think of though this: like your day started out like you getting traded to the Nationals, and then the next thing you do, like, no, I'm exercising my no trade clause. And then he says, "Okay, fine. Well, now you're going to the Red Sox because that's on your list." Like, what a what a crazy day in the Hosmer house that is. And they still got rid of Luke Voigt anyway. I don't. Know. What the well, hell's Voigt, going on? Voigt's probably pissed because Voigt got moved because Hosmer opted out, so right. they had to fill that. Like, Heyman just how do you tweeted. get traded on your day off? It's like, what's your What's going on, man? Heyman just tweeted the uh, the news, I guess, about Tyler about Molly. Uh, Molly. Yeah, no, that's you, a good um, addition. That's about guys, their level of addition right there. I think that's a good one for them. Do you guys remember? I just saw a tweet about this. Do you guys remember that David Robertson was on the Philadelphia Phillies oh, yeah. a few years ago for 6.2 oh, yeah. innings? <laughs> I didn't. I remember him on the Yankees. Yankees and Cubs is where I remember him mostly. Is there anywhere else? The, Yankees, the, Cubs, Phillies for a cup of coffee there. White Sox. White Sox, right. White Sox. If there was... was a Mets move, Mike, what do you think it would be? Do you think it would be JD Martinez or do you think it would be Contreras? I just, I think it has to be a catcher. I think Contreras, I think Contreras is going to be the guy. It's their obvious weakness on this team because are they really going to go out and get another? I mean, don't get me well, wrong. Well, they could J- still bring out Alvarez. I mean, jeez, yeah. man, the guy's hitting monstrous I, I, home runs everywhere. I don't get what the deal is with there, but maybe they want to give Alvarez the rest of the year in the minors and Contreras is a rental, so that it would fit, you know, that, that the whole going for it this year, getting a guy that not only will make their catcher spot more solidified, but now Contreras can slot higher in the lineup and give them another big banger banging bat in the middle of the lineup. But this team, you look at it, it's just solid from top to bottom. I mean, the issue is obviously it needs there's some depth issues. Well, that's I think, what I'm saying. Uh, have the cake too. Like, what do you think, Joe? But, like, get JD Martinez. If they don't get bring up Alvarez and just get, like, like I said, have your cake and eat it too. Like, fill both spots. Yeah, I'm not so, get JD. I mean, I don't know. I'm not so tuned in on the prospects. Obviously, Alvarez is number one right now. You're a Mets fan. You how close? Alvarez is Alvarez is a stud, man. Look, man, I've been yeah, playing baseball is. my whole life. I coach baseball my whole life. Like, uh, you just know certain dudes. Like, there's just you watch them hit. You watch. You just like, well, that's guy. I mean, it's friend. Same thing. I saw first time I saw Juan Soto, and I remember having an argument with somebody about Juan Soto, and they were like, all that stuff is unsustainable. I was like, no, it's not. And it was, and it was somebody that if you told you the person, you'd be like, "What? That person? Like a very high respected person in our industry." We had like a whole battle about Juan Soto. I was like, "This dude is the second coming." Like sometimes you just know. Alvarez has all the the tools in this version of baseball we have today to be an absolute star. I mean, if if they wanted to move him off catcher, I understand they have that luxury with DH now that do those kind of things. But if they keep him at catcher and he can sustain there, and they already had Degrom throw to him and Scherzer throw to him, so it's not like. I'm like they're unfamiliar with this guy completely, and they both had good things to say. So I don't know, man. I to me, if you keep Alvarez and move anybody else, and you make this team better, I think the, that's a win for the Mets. Well, I think they're not gonna. They don't need to add any starting pitching. If they're gonna do anything, no. it will be a catcher. If they really do, and the bullpen is, 
is how is the bullpen really besides Diaz? Like I don't follow the Mets very much at all. Other than Diaz, is that is well, it pretty Diaz solid? has been unbelievable this year, yeah. and the rest yeah. of the bullpen's like every other bullpen. You're like yeah. you, you just hope that those guys are right <laughs> that night. And yeah. uh, Craig Mish, my uh, my illustrious co-host for many years, <laughs> once said something that I thought it was very profound. He said, "If relief pitchers were any good, they'd be starting pitchers." that's true now to be fair at least relief pitchers over the last few years almost like the last five years it feels like relief pitchers have become more of a specialty like i feel like teams have recognized i feel like they've recognized failed starters early on to where they develop these guys in the minors now that's why you see these guys come up i remember like houston street was the first guy i remember was like that guy's a closer he's a college closer he's gonna go to the major leagues as a closer and i was like wow what a what a unique new path that we're we're braving here yeah but the there was something very simple and profound developed. about that thought process, though, and, and it's yeah, true. it's really they, funny. It's true. They were right. good. <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of times now you see these high leverage guys that come out of the pen are just guys that don't really did they just throw out their mind. They throw a hundred and they can't really go deep in games, so right. they just put them in the bullpen, which seems like the logical thing. The to Cardinals do. have got to do something. The Cardinals. I'm just yeah, just and the Dodgers. I'm waiting for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have to land an outfielder or two, right? Like, oh, they got they got Joey Gallo. They got Joey Gallo. Oh, like I said, like I said, they okay. Can we talk about that? What in the hell was that? They wanted they they wanted a Bellinger 2.0 on this team. They wanted another lefty that just can't hit anything right now. The Molly trade is official. Yeah, Passan tweeted it. Yeah, Jeff Passan tweeted it. I waited for Passan first. Yeah. It's for two hitting prospects great, and a pitching prospect. That's that a great, uh, great haul. That's a great get for the Twins because they're right in the right in the mix of that division and getting some starting pitching for them and a guy who's shown to be as good as he is in Tyler Molly on the road. I think it's a great fit. Joey so, Gallo on the road makes from, Cody Bellinger look like Tony Gwynn. Yes, I'm looking at the Dodgers. All the and Bellinger like, hate we can have. I mean, come on, Joey Gallo. Like I, yeah, I saw that and I just uh, that that's definitely even more perplexing than whatever the hell the Mets are doing right now. Well, that's why I'm, you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Mets. The Mets obviously catcher their biggest need. I think they're going to address that. Um, uh, Dodgers outfield is still a need. They they and they and even their DH like they have Jake Lamb pretty much hitting against righties and he hasn't been doing anything. So they're gonna. I think. I mean, there's so many teams. I feel like I think they know they can go get, go like, hey Marlins, I'll take we'll take Garrett Cooper off your hands. Hey, uh, well, I don't know who's left on the Nationals. I don't think there is anybody left there. But you, there's so many teams left that have pieces that can fit for the Dodgers maybe they don't make that big splash which <laughs> after missing on Soto you would think the Dodgers are like okay well time for us to you know put our big boy pants on and go out and make, do something you know but but I don't know it's weird it's just you look at some of these teams the Cubs have Ian Happ left Ian Happ could be a really good uh piece for any team right now um if you're the Mets is... that would be the duo <clears throat> Mendy Men- Men- your face lit up there did you see something on uh some some rumor or something there so there's a guy that twins so they did just release the return that the twins gave for him or for molly and spencer oh. steer Stephen hajar the one that made my eyes kind of pop was christian encarnacion strand who has actually been one of the fast rising prospects in their system i guess compared to giving up some of the other guys that they have you had to give up somebody really of note i just didn't think it was going to be him that's a he's going to be a player that you guys will be everybody will be talking about in a couple of years i think he's he's really starting to make noise especially over the last month or so in the minor leagues so uh he's somebody i, I just saw his name pop up as the return and i, was, I just kind of it's like oh wow the reds are building the a pretty decent little system here over the last few months going back to the winter with the the first trade with seattle and now they've they've really 
built themselves up into uh, a decent little program. Guys, I hate to do this, but we are approaching the next uh, the next group of panelists. So I'm going to have to kick you guys out in a minute, but I want to give you guys all a chance to just tell everybody about what you got going on. Why don't we start with you, Joe? What What is going on exactly over there at Fantasy Pros? I got nothing going on. Nothing at all. <laughs> just, just no. Actually, we got a live stream at 530 Mock Draft. When they, <laughs> if, you want, if you guys want to hang out and watch that, uh, obviously all the Fantasy Pros podcasts and uh, go continue to watch Welsh uh, hosts the leading off there. Uh, every day on the MLB channel we have and uh, the new fantasy football black book is out there over on the Amazon to go check that out and uh, I'm, I'm glad I could make it on here sorry it was so difficult early on schedule wise no but we're doing a uh, we're doing a lot of stuff right now including a, um, a nice tribute show to our good friend tags who uh, passed away last year so been compiling some interviews with people today so that's going to be out hopefully later this week too so that'll be nice kind of like a anniversary of the last pod that he did kind of thing so we're hoping uh, bringing in some nice uh, interviews and some good stuff. And we also have a, a fun thing we're announcing too at Fancy Pros, kind of like a rising star kind of thing, which is going to be very cool. Um, so we're going to do some good out there in the fantasy community as well. I really appreciate you, you taking the time today to come on. It was it was great meeting you, man. I watch your show. All great the meeting time. you, Joe. I mean, we've interacted on Twitter and I yeah. know Mendy over here too. And Curlin, I mean, yeah, that's that. <laughs> hi, hi Look Joe. At that. Look at that hat. Only you can make that hat work. I can't wear that hat. Only you I, was, I was rocking the glasses when I first got on too. The oh Oakleys. I literally what? just came from the beach. I don't know if you can see. I was going to say, can but... I book you to close my pool in? Uh, <laughs> 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 if just... that is not the guy who comes to close your pool, look, I don't know what it is. It's a. I was going with the Florida man look today. I just came from oh, the you, pool. You I came from it, the beach. Mike. Came from the beach today, so. If you guys are onto the podcast, if you guys are listening over on the podcast channel, go check it out on YouTube. You got to go take a look at everybody, what we got going on, especially you, Curlin. Why don't we, why don't we shoot it over to you? Why don't you tell us about what you got going on over at the athletic? Oh, that's yeah, um, so you, athletic. I know big time, right? <laughs> Mr. Mr. First Mr. time Mr. those Curlin. two words, Mike Curlin and the, uh, and athletic. <laughs> no, even the athletic doesn't want to admit I write for them. No, but um, you can follow, you can find my work there. Um, I, I, I'm wrapping up baseball stuff. I was fortunate enough to pick up a little bit of a, a small little football gig in season. So I'll be doing some football stuff over there, but um, baseball stuff finishing up. I think I have one more article coming out there. Otherwise I got the Patreon patreon.com slash sk playbook which is where i do a lot of my uh I, I do like three to four write-ups a week still doing all that lineup monitoring the in-depth stuff that i start in the preseason and with the whole like you know that chart i do for spring training and i just kind of continue it all year not the chart but the write-ups because that chart is ridiculous i can't do that more than a month but um <laughs> but yeah that's uh that's pretty much it like i said um luckily i'm i'm fortunate enough to get my little foot in the door this year in football so i'll be doing some football stuff for them in season you know that's kind of what I have going on. Uh, but again, baseball, just find me on Twitter. Baseball is like the main, like it will always be the main thing. Just reach, me, reach out to me there. And Mendy, over to you, man. What do you got going on over at Triple Play? Uh, Triple Play, we're always doing football, baseball, basketball, doing our baseball and football pods each once a week. We've got a call, the a minor league baseball show called The Call Up. Talk about all these prospects uh, every single week. And then all my writing is either at the 33rd team for football fantasy pros, football and baseball, and then fan tracks, baseball. I took a break from writing for the last month, but I'm going to start getting back into it in a couple of weeks and be grinding out a bunch of stuff for with football kicking off. And of course, baseball stuff as it wraps up. It was great meeting all of you, all of you I've never met before. So it's really great to finally interact with you guys. I watched all of your observe your content i can't watch curlin's content but i read your content you can't your Listen, eyes will burn i mean <laughs> i mean 
I mean, I do have... At OnlyFans site. Oh, so you found, the only, you found my OnlyFans, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, I beat you to it. I beat you if, to if, it. If you, go, if you go to the OnlyFans, you'll recognize the hat, but only the hat. That's if you know it. What I mean. That's right. Yeah. Okay, That's why guys. the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are unfortunately all about to be unceremoniously kicked, as Justin Mason would say, but thank you all for joining us. I really appreciate it, guys. Take care. Take it easy. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.